Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Yeah, I want to clarify growth stocks, which a lot is in the tech sector. The growth stocks are out of favor right now, and they've taken a big hit. So you're trying to short them after they took the big hit, and that's riskier. Invest Talk, over 43 million downloads and counting. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, financial advisor, Steve Peasley. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, July 19, 2022. And I'm sure you saw the market today. Had a big, nice up day today. So, as I mentioned before, the whole summer is going to be volatile. And I also mentioned that it's not going to be just down volatility. It just happens to be, for the year, mostly down volatility. So, but we had a nice day today. I mean, pretty big. It's just... You're going to have to deal with volatility, so you're going to have to be prepared for it. You know, that's all. And don't think, you know, you got to get out of the market because it's volatile. That's that's not the proper way to think about it. It is not. If you have down volatility, you should be thinking, well, how do I take advantage of this down volatility? If it's up volatility, you should be in, in the market and just enjoy the run. Not be worried either way. Just be in the market. It's it's this it, market works best with time in the market, not timing the market. Just time in it. It works the best. So that's what you have to do. I'm Steve Peasley, and I look forward to doing this podcast. I enjoy hearing and uh, listening to your investment questions, helping you answer those questions, try to give you some guidance. And they will always, my answers and Justin's answers will always be un, always be unbiased. We don't have an, um, an, an agenda to, to sell you. That's not our push here. It's not what we try to do. So don't think that that's going to happen. And it's not happening on our show. Now, of course, you know, don't, again, don't misunderstand me. We do this because we want to get the word out and, and have new clients. But, you know, the show is just designed to let, let you know that we are around and that to give you an idea of what we think and how we operate. But the idea is to educate you. Okay? So that's what we want to do. That's the direction the podcast always goes, education. So that's my goal. That's Justin's goal. That's the goal of this podcast. Now, I can say for sure today's investing situation is very different. We talked about that. You know, with the interest rates rising, the Fed raising the interest rates with inflation at what the highest since 1980 or so, the market is different. The environment's different, and you have to understand it and change with it. 
So that's what we're here for, to help you understand that. Because I've been in this kind of market before. It's not surprising to me. It's what's surprising to me was it had such a long, long bear a bull market that had very little pullbacks. That was surprising. So, what do we do with it? Why don't you ask your questions and we'll talk about that. Our number is always the same, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So let's get right to our first question. Hi, good morning. My name is Robert. I was calling because I had a couple questions real quick. Uh, I just have a daughter not too long ago, and I also have a two-year-old. Or at least open up an account for them and start investing for them. And with that said, though, I'm wondering what kind of account would be best for them, and then, especially in this market right now. Obviously, you know, we're in a, we are in what we're in, but uh, I just want to get you guys' opinion on that, and I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Well, there's two kinds, of, really, two basic kinds of uh, um, uh, types of accounts that I like uh, for children, and one is, of course, the um, uh, the education account, okay, that you can open up in almost any state, um, and the other is an UPMA, which is a uniform, I forgot what it stands for, uniform um, the minors, anyways, you can open up a name where you control it, but it's really your child's account. Problem with that account is when it turns 18, the money in it belongs to the child. Um, your your retirement accounts, your, that I mean, not account, the educational accounts, there's a couple of them, but I like those to put away money for college. So it depends what your goal is. If it's for college funding, then, of course, you don't need to use the UTMA. You wouldn't want to use the UTMA. If it's just to give your child uh, an, uh, an account to invest in the market, I would use the UTMA. But, you know, it's not, remember, again, not don't try to time the market. It's just be in the market. Just So don't try to time it. Just start investing for your, for your kids and, you know, the two children. And congratulations on their new baby. Um, let's see. My focus point today is based on a story. Which of the three different investment buckets could be right for you and your strategy? I got three buckets. So we'll, we'll talk about that when we, when we break at the halfway mark. If we have time, I want to discuss the Goldman Sachs latest report that they sent to their clients today about the job market. Also, Charlie Munger, do you know who Charlie Munger is? He is uh, Warren Buffett's right-hand man, okay? Much older than Warren Buffett. He's in his 90s, Charlie Munger is. Um, but he had some interesting things to say I want to discuss. Um, and the Fed meets next week, the Federal Reserve. What is the likelihood of what size of interest rate increase? What will it be? And maybe we'll talk about, if we can, about the, um, the Builders Index, and NAHB Home Builders Index. Talk about that. Uh, those are things I can discuss or want to discuss with you if your calls are not forthcoming. So give me a call. I want to hear from you. So the market today had a really big update. Uh, update 754 do- points on the Dow, 754. 353 on the NASDAQ, and 105, 105 on the S&P 500. So the market likely, you know, in the summertime, which, of course, we are, there's there's going to be an up move and a down move, and we may have, you know, an up move for a month or two. I mean, it could be that long. 
Don't think it could just be a day or two. It could be longer. Um, or it could be done. No one knows. That's why I insist that you do not time the market, because I don't know. So that was a nice up day, surprised most people on the upside. Now, remember, we had an up week last week. For the week, a couple of down days, but an up week. And this week, Monday was down. Today was big, up. So kind of an interesting scenario we going on. What's going on there? Um, you know, when the news, I don't know if you noticed, but the earnings news, we're in earnings season, and the earnings news is not that good. It's not very good, and yet the market seems to be ignoring it. When that happens, that usually denotes bullishness, not bearishness, bullishness. So we'll see if that continues. I, you know, I don't like to predict the market. I don't like to tell you what it's going to do because it's so impossible to know for sure. All I can tell you is what it's done in the past, what the trends are, what's typical, that kind of thing. But again, you can't predict it. It's just impossible. My trivia question today concerns a, you know, the coming, you know, the uh, which will come in a half halfway mark, and we'll talk about it. To uh, uh, did you see that Taylor from Philadelphia? Uh, oh, it's Taylor. Okay, we're waiting for Taylor. Taylor from Philadelphia. Boy, I, my eyes. I, maybe I need some new glasses. Taylor from Philadelphia. If you hang on, we'll be next. This is Investor. I got to take a break. I'm Steve Peasen. We have one goal, of course, to help you achieve financial freedom. So let me help you with that. And of course, it will continue after this break. 888 99Chart. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 Chart. 888 Let's talk to Taylor in Philadelphia. How are you doing, Taylor? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Thank you. It's going well. Appreciate the call. Um, I want to talk to you today about CVS. Uh-huh. Um, I know that it's, uh, I feel like the stock that you guys have liked in the past. Um, and when I was looking at it today, I saw the institutional ownership is about 72%. I know that that's a metric where you say too much can be a bad thing because institutional Correct. ownership moves the needle on stocks like that. Yes. So at that level, is it still something that is an attractive buy? I, I would say 72% is on the edge of where we 
do you know we want to be careful of entering that position but it wouldn't stop me if the valuations were good enough okay and uh, this is a pretty darn good value stock they're going to make $8.97 next year and it's a $96 stock so you're only talking about what 11 pe but it doesn't ever have a high pe 7 to 14 has been its range in 5 years so you it's for it it's not that cheap, okay? You had a nice pullback because, you know, it got up to, what, 110 or so? Um, and got down to below 100, you know, in the, what, 90s? And uh, 90 numbers, and now it's back 96. So I still a very healthy company, still doing very well. Long, it pays a 2.3% dividend. Not too much debt. Management owns 1%. Um, so I don't know if I'd be, mutual funds are still buying it. But I don't know if I'd be afraid of entering the position, um, but it's run on that cusp where I don't, it's got too much institutional ownership. It's on the cusp for me, for us, you know. Other people, you know, they wouldn't worry about it until it's over 90, you know, but who, who knows. Good luck with it. Uh, I, I hope it works for you, Taylor. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Carl on Oceanside. Hi, Carl. Hello. I'm looking for dividends. And there is an ETF for dividends, DIV. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, is it better to buy that dividend ETF in a bull market? No, it'd be better to buy it in a bear market because your dividend yield would be higher. This is a DIV, Global X Super Dividends US. It's an ETF seeking investment results corresponding to the index Super Dividend US Low Volatility Index. So that means it should be full, and I'd look into it, but it should be full of big blue chip dividend paying stocks. That's what it should be. Um, so yes. you want to buy these when everybody hates the stock market because the dividend yield, remember, these are super dividend paying stocks. So the dividend yield will be much higher. And the yield on this ETF is 5.8% today. 5.8%. And they pay monthly dividends. Which is even better because now you're getting money every month that you can reinvest and compound. So uh, you buy it when the market's down. So it would be uh, if you wanted to get into it, you get into it now. Okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Now, of course, the market could go more, but, but I would buy more then because of what it does. You know, and I want that dividends to increase. I'm, you're focused, when you're looking for dividend pay positions, dividend, you're focused on the ability to pay that dividend, uh, the consistency it has had in the past, and whether it has a business model that will make that company continue, and the, the price is low. Right? Well... You'll never guess the bottom of a price, right? But you can know that we are in a bear market. It's gone, the S&P has gone down 20-plus percent. So you know that the market is fairly low. Could go down more. I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying this is, that's the kind of decision you're making, that you want to buy dividend play stocks when the market's low. We're going, to, we're going to take a quick break, everybody. And on the other side, I will dig into the main focus point. Which, which is, which of the three different investment buckets could be right for your strategy? Okay, and remember, those are three buckets. What is a bucket? Well, we can talk about that too. I'll break it down the story. This is the Best Talk, 888 99 Chart. 
The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. 888-99 Chuck, we're going to go talk to Will in San Diego. I want to talk about Anley Capital Management. Hi, Will. Hey, hi, Steve. Uh, yes, I'm I'm wondering if now is a good time to be buying, you know, preferred stocks. Preferred stocks? I, I do like preferred stocks because you get nice, pretty decent dividends now. You get pretty decent yield, I should say. Uh, everybody, a preferred stock is kind of a, ha- a cross between a bond and a dividend on a stock company. A stock company is issuing preferreds. They they pay like a bond, okay? Um, so I, I don't have a problem with that. I don't know if I do annually, though. I don't know if I would do Why that. Why is that? Well, because they're a REIT, a real estate investment trust, that owns and manages mortgage pass-through certificates and collateralized mortgage obligations. So we have a housing market that is is slowing and uh, a federal reserve who's raising rates which would cause mortgage rates to has already caused them to move up and probably will continue to do so so the way they make money is through these man uh, mortgage pass-through certificates and they buy and sell them well that that trick is probably not going to work so well they're probably just going to have to hold on to them and i just don't i don't know if that dividend yield is going to be there and it's going to be a tougher environment for them going forward uh in these mortgage pass-throughs so i don't oh, know if okay. I, so I I, it's just just gonna be a difficult market for them because the mortgage business is going to slow way down right so uh, yeah their, their business model will will be tough they already look that their sales growth has shrunk four quarters in a row that kind of gives you an idea appreciate the call thanks will appreciate it my focus point which is about invest the different different kinds of investments that you should invest in. Okay, what the in other words, buckets, buckets of money. I think it was Ray Lucia came up with that term, buckets of money. Where to put your money in different buckets? Well, this is bucket three buckets in the stock market. He's talking about insurance and in stock investments and real estate and. Um, uh, different types of uh, equity assets. This one, we're just talking about stock market buckets. First one is a health savings account. And remember, you can put uh, open up a health savings account. The money you put in there is tax deductible. And then it grows, and you use that money to pay out-of-pocket expenses for medical things. So it's a really good investment for that kind of uh, protection against unseen, un expected, and costs for medicals, okay? Meanwhile, if you don't use it, it grows, you invest it, it grows in the stock market, blah, blah, blah. 401k retirement plans. There's a lot of people during this bear market have decided that they don't need, they don't want to max out their contributions anymore. They don't want to, that's the wrong kind of thinking. This is also tax advantage, Right? So you need to take advantage of your 401ks. Some, some uh, employers match, some don't. 
but you still need to take advantage of it because every dime you put in there is not taxable. It's a great investment. The third one is a Roth IRA. Okay, and of course, a regular IRA, IRA too, IRA too, but the Roth, what we like about that, you're putting money after tax in a Roth. In other words, it's already been taxed. Your income has already been taxed. But if you put money in a Roth, it grows tax-free forever, and you never have, you're never forced to withdraw it. You are forced to withdraw 401k and IRAs, regular IRAs, but not a Roth IRA. So you need to maximize these types of accounts, especially in the bear market. Remember, it's time in the market, not time in the market, the time. The longer you're in it, the more you'll make. Don't worry about bear markets. Don't worry about recessions. As long as you've got plenty of time, you're fine. So the bottom line is keep investing. Don't stop. That's the worst thing you could do. Okay? So that's just what I think. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. And uh, uh, just so you know, uh, the NAHB Homeowners Index went from 67 a month ago to 55. But what was really interesting, we had the housing starts. They were 1.59 million a month ago, and it only went down to 1.56. The building permits, which are usually more indicative of future expansion went from 1.7 million to 1.69 million barely budged so the housing is not falling apart but you are going to have problems with it we've all seen the news the consumer price index and inflationary barometer jumped 9.1 percent in june that's versus a year ago up 9.1 percent that was the highest increase since November 1981, 1981, told people are going to react. So, as we go to break, here's my trivia questions. Americans are cutting their spending due to inflation, but where are they pulling back most? Which categories? At the break, I'll give you the answer. Please give me a call, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life 
that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. It's an Invest Talk Tuesday. Steve Peasley is here today taking your calls live. How's your portfolio doing? Are you prepared for continuing market volatility? You've got questions, so call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, everybody. Love to talk to you. Ask any financial questions you want. So before the break, I had a trivia question. Americans are cutting their spending due to inflation. But where are they pulling back most? Which categories? So, you know, inflation measures how fast prices uh, for goods and services, and gas, such as gasoline, food, clothing, travel, all that stuff, right, Healthcare, how fast it goes up, how fast the cost of those things go up. So the survey was asked by CNBC of 1,000 households, U.S. adults, with annual incomes of at least $100,000. So the people that have money, where are they cutting back the most? Where are they cutting their spending? Okay, so first, number one category. 77% of them said they were cutting spending in restaurants. 69% said they were cutting their spending in entertainment. 63% said travel. 55% said household purchases. 45% buying a new car. 23% groceries. And 20% non-emergency medical costs. Okay, so the f- this is this is what causes us to go in recession. Remember, our economy is 66 to 70% driven by the consumer. So if you have consumers saying, hey, I don't like inflation, I'm going to cut my spending, right? Right? So what that does is it will call ca- it will call ca- it will solve the inflation problem. Right? Because the demand side of the supply and demand scenario will be reduced. If you have less demand, prices tend not to rise anymore. And that's exactly what the Federal Reserve is trying to do, is trying to to destroy demand, the demand side of uh, of, of the um, supply and demand equation. They're going to try to do that by raising rates. And then destroy, you know, the bill. To help, that will make people spend less money, less demand. 
And just because the costs have gone up so much, that also will destroy demand. Now, it's a question of how much and how long will it take. And while you're destroying demand, you're throwing us in, pushing us toward a recession, aren't you? Well, a recession will definitely destroy demand. See, that, that's really the scenario we're talking about here. So are we going to go into recession? Well, the first quarter, GDP was, you know, shrank. So will the second quarter? We'll get that report here shortly, next week or two. Will that be shrinking too? Or what if it doesn't? Then will the third quarter be shrinking? But the definition of recession is two quarters in a row of shrinkage. Hmm. Let's go to Nick in Los Angeles. Hi, Nick. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. I looked at the stock that you're going to ask about pretty carefully today. So it's uh, Innovative Industry Properties. Yeah, yeah. So I've owned this company since about mid-2020. Uh-huh. It's done pretty well for me, or it did pretty well for me. Right. Uh, earlier this winter, when interest rates really started to rise rapidly, I sold out. Oh. And uh, I figured that was why the share price was declining. But then a, uh, a short report came out, um, basically calling it a uh, marijuana bank whose business model is to overlend, cut big checks to uh, these marijuana facility operators, mm-hmm. and you know collect rents on them in the future. Right. And the short report said that a couple of their key tenants, around 10% of revenues each, are likely going to default on those payments. Correct. And re- recently, those fears have come true. King's Garden yeah. defaulted on a uh, on a tenant payment, yep. and the share price declined fifteen percent. Yep. And I was wondering if now is a good opportunity to uh, get back in. Now that's interesting because I was wondering the same thing <laughs> for the same reasons. Okay, innovative in, uh, properties, everybody. It's a REIT, real estate investment trust, that targets acquisition of industrial real estate assets that are used for growing medical use cannabis. Okay, they're out of Park City, Utah. And the problem is if you look at the earnings and you look at the sales, you're kind of misleading because they, they, they look really good. But as he just said, 20% of their tenants are defaulting on their rent. So that's, that's a huge part of your business all of a sudden not going to get. And that's why the stock fell pretty hard. Um, so now uh, are, they may not make the $9.80, so let's take 20% off of that. Okay, so let's say they make $7. Well, that means the P is around 13 to 14. Is that high? Well, not really. So even if you take that away, uh, the PE is still on the lower range. The five-year range is 11 to 73. So this is what I was looking at. If you took those two things away from the company, what does it do to the company? Well, they don't have a lot of debt which is REIT usually has lots of debt. So it's not so it's not going to be that they can't afford to make their payments on their debt because they don't have a lot. It's growing dividends rapidly every quarter. Exactly. So will it affect their dividends? It might cut their dividends. That's where I think the danger will be. But the company itself, I'm thinking this could be an opportunity, and I think it's a bit early yet. Uh, Nick, I think it's a bit early, but I do think this may develop into a really nice opportunity. But I want to wait for that stock to show a little bit of strength before I jump in. Do you think wait for the weekends to get uh, flushed out and then come yeah. back in? Yes, I want to see. I want to see uh, what the that that really will mean to their bottom line. It's going to hurt their bottom line. It really is. Good. But it's already for probably probably already reflected in the stock price. 
So exactly. I'm not too concerned about that. That's already in the news. We know that's happening. That's bad, bad, bad. Yes, yes, yes. But it will it destroy the business model? Probably not. So I kind of I kind of yeah. like it on a watch list. That's what I'm doing. Okay. All right. Nick, thanks Thank for the call. You. Appreciate it. Simple as IIPR, everybody. IIPR. And I like that they don't have a lot of debt. That that kind of makes me feel pretty warm all over. Okay? So Goldman Sachs' new report came out today to their client, says they predict a very rapid slowdown in job production. They predict they're going to have 150,000 jobs per month for the rest of 2022, and next year only 50,000 jobs per month for all of 2023. They are saying the economy is slowing. They're not. They did not say it's going into recession. They didn't say that. They just said the job market is going to be much softer. Okay. Well. Okay. Uh, do you notice that I like to I like to hear both sides of everything. Uh, Charlie Munger. This is the other side. Charlie Munger, who is uh, Warren Buffett's right hand man, right? Charlie Munger said that he's not worried about inflation. He's not worried about the economy. Okay? He says that we, they have, uh, they meaning Berkshire Hathaway, have 18.7% of Occidental stock, and they have a big chunk of Chev- uh, Chevron as well. But he says that even though Berkshire Hathaway have lots of cash, we have lots of cash, but they've had lots of cash, but they don't have a lot of cash because they're worried about the economy or the stock market. They have lots of cash because they couldn't find companies, good companies, that meet their criteria because they're overpriced. So, remember, Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, those guys buy value. They don't buy, they don't buy growth usually. They don't want to up pay, overpay for anything. And they will wait for years if they have to before they invest their money. Remember, these are the uh, Warren Buffett is the world's best investor over time. So that's why they have money, not because they're not willing to spend it. They don't care about the recession. They don't care about the stock market. They care about value of stocks they're buying, and they put a bunch of hundreds of millions of dollars into Occidental Petroleum. So, just so you know, okay. Okay, let's go back to an Talk Void Bank to answer another question. 888-99 Charter is the number. Hi, Justin. Hi, Steve. This is Charles. Uh, thank you for all that you guys do. Uh, much appreciated. I'd like you, please, to comment on NEA and ARCC, Aris Capital. The NEA in a taxable account, the ARCC in a IRA. Both seem to be paying a very nice dividend, and I'm wondering if you think they can both maintain that dividend. And that's appreciated. Thank you so much. Well, NEA is Novin, it's a, it's a bond fund, right? A closed-in fund investing primarily in undervalued municipal bonds for current income. And they're paying a 5.1%. The answer to your question on this one is yes. They actually will probably increase their yield because interest rates are rising. Now, there might be an issue. Remember, it's a municipal bond fund. So depending on what state you're in, uh, what, what the, is this municipal bond fund everywhere? And do you have to pay taxes on it? And depending on what state you're in and what, where, what state they're buying the bonds in. Okay, but the answer to your question is, yeah, the dividends probably should go up in NEA. ARCC, okay, 
A R C C. Um, this is uh, investing in first, second lien senior loans, mezzanine debt of U.S. middle market. This you can't answer. I don't know. They pay an 8.6% dividend. But they're probably going to, in a recession, some of that debt that they're lending money to, uh, that debt, some of it may default because of a recession. If we go into a deep recession, they will. So, and this is kind of, you know, it's kind of for this company, for them, they have a five-year range of PE 4 to 12, and right now it's at 10. So, so I don't think it's a bargain. I don't. So I, I would so I would say probably not on ARCC, but probably yes, yes on NEA. Okay? Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Okay, there's no denying investment environment has changed. We've talked about it off and on, and it's still it's changed. So investors, you as investors, you need to be prepared, you know, to deal with the reality that we're living in. So it's worth the time to take a minute to talk about Justin and I, what we might be able to do for our clients, and what we do, how we do it. You know, we're in Orange County, which is between uh, L.A. and San Diego, okay, counties. And uh, we're in Irvine, California, the actual city. So how do we? How are we different? How, how do we have our philosophy of independent thinking and shared success? What does that mean? Well, first of all, one of the main things we're different: parallel investing. It means I buy and sell the same things for myself as do for my client in each of our five programs we have. And the programs go from very risky to not very risky at all. So I'm in each one of those with my personal assets. So I buy the same thing for the clients as I do for me: same percentage, same time, same price. So that I, I'm on the same side of the table as a client. I like that a lot. Okay, um, and we we also you know offer like most money managers free uh, review of what you have. But something we do differently is that we'll look at what you have, determine the risk of the positions you have. How much risk is that? And then we'll ha- have you take our, what we call a riskalyze little questionnaire to figure out how much risk are you comfortable and see if that much risk you're comfortable with matches what you have been taking in your portfolio. We did one the other day, a fairly large one, and the risk that the person was taking was not full stock market risk, but when he answered this, this, the little survey of just a few questions, he should be taking almost twice as much risk as he would be comfortable with. What does that mean? That means that you're when the market goes down, you get a lot more afraid of what of losing your money. So you want to match up to a point where you're not afraid. You'll live through the market volatility because you know it's not going to it's not that risky, or it's risky just how much risk you want you are comfortable with. That's what it's all about. Trying to make you comfortable investing in the market, and that's why we have programs from very risky to hardly any risk. You determine where you fit in there. We can help you if you let us help you. Really, we can. And the sooner you contact us, the better. So all you have to do is call uh, our number uh, at uh, KPP Financial or Irvine, California, or go to our website, investtalk.com or kpp.com, and just send us an email. We'll talk to you. Next up, we'll take another caller question, 888-99-CHART. 
Why do listener questions make InvestTalk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. When do I know the right time to take profits? And listeners instinctively realize that InvestTalk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen, Justin. Uh, my name is Bijan. I'm uh, listening for a few months. I had a quick question about jet ETF. Is it possible that airline ETF is going to see gains in the coming maybe a uh, year? Yeah, looking forward to your answer. Thank you for your time. Okay, let's look at it. The symbol JETS, Jets, U.S. Global Jets ETF. Exchange traded funds seeking investment results corresponding to the U.S. Global Jet Index. Well, what is what's in there? Uh, it's got to be a lot of Boeing, right? I mean, what I, I don't know what's in there, but how overweight is Boeing? Because because there's not a lot of different jet makers, but are we talking about airlines or makers of jets? I don't know. I have to read about this. Um, I will say this: I think the airline business is going to be booming for a while. Even in a recession, I still think that they're going to do well. Uh, why? Why? Because I don't know if you've tried to book flights or looked at it. Man, they're booked and they're raising their prices and people are, and they're still booked. So I think the airline industry is going to make some big bucks. So even with the recession coming, as long as it's not too deep, I think they'll be fine. On the next Talk story, should you rent or buy a house? What do you think? What's better? That's tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Pisa. I'm ready to take your questions live, but I guess we're out of time. Oh, no, we got one more segment. So you can get in. You can get in. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99 Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin. Chris from Florida again. I had a question about Boise Cascade Company. Wood Products and Building Materials Distribution Company was kind of liking what I saw in regards to some of the things that they're doing. And I was wondering what you thought about the company. Uh, really appreciate your answer, and I'll be looking forward to the answer on the podcast. Thanks. Okay, I think it's a bad timing to look at Boise Cascade Company. Manufacturing distributes wood products, building materials for residential and commercial construction. Even though the building numbers look pretty good for June, um, I have lots of relatives who are in real estate appraising, and they are telling me that the appraisal business has dropped off the cliff in the last couple of weeks, people canceling their appraisals. So it tells me housing is going to be very difficult. And this company manufacturing distributes wood for housing industry. And don't get carried away with their earnings. They're going to make $17.97 a share this year, uh, $17.94 a share next year. But the year after, 2023, it's going to be $8.76, down 50%. So I'm 
I would be very careful with this. They don't pay a high dividend, uh, even though sales have, up to this point are very strong. But I don't know how long that can continue. Remember, the, you're, there's an old saying, don't fight the Fed. So don't fight the Fed, Remember, meaning they're raising interest rates. They're trying to, to, to slow down the economy. They're going to succeed. And this is a very cyclical stock. So I'd be very careful. Fed meets next week, by the way. Did you know that? They meet next year, next week. Uh, when the CPI number came out, which is 9.1%, the odds were that they're going to raise the interest rates one percentage point. Then that was one day. Next day, they went down to the odds were going to be a half a percent. Now they're at 0.75. So I think 0.75 is probably logical. They're going to raise interest rates next week. By 0.75%. Okay? So, uh, I think that's what we should all expect. It's just, they're going to raise rates. I think, personally, and you've heard me say this before, I think they should slow way down. It takes a while for rate increases to feed through the economy. Okay? And they're not giving it a chance to feed through the economy. Okay? Uh, Because they've raised the rate pretty strongly already. The economy is going to reflect higher and higher rates, but it takes time, three months, six months, nine months, for the to fully impact the economy. So if you, they're raising month after month after month, you're not, you're not giving it time to filter through. And I think that's, that's remember, they rarely have gotten it right in the past. They say, right now they say, they mean the Fed, say they can... They think they can uh, avoid a recession. Uh-huh. Also got an inverted yield curve going on, and that's not going to be improved at all with them raising short-term rates, right? So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to frighten people because I don't think I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with the majority that I don't think it's going to be a necessarily a deep recession, but it could linger. Could I, and I think inflation is going to linger. I think it's peaked or very close to a peak, but I think it's going to high inflation is just going to be with us for a while. Remember, there's 11 million jobs that are unfilled out there. 11 million jobs. So what happens if it goes to four million? We still have four million unfilled jobs. So it's still, you know, so I, I think the job market is something you got to pay attention to, and uh, and and. Uh, um, Goldman Sachs thinks the job market is still going to produce jobs, just much less. Not shrink jobs, not just less jobs. So I don't know. They'll see if they're right, but you know that's their opinion. Well, that's it for today, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, this completes another Investor program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members, if you would, about the free podcast. Get your downloads anytime, iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes if that's where you download it from. So a positive rating always raises our profile, and of course, that also helps spread the word. And we really want to spread the word. Independent thing and share success. This is Talk, everybody. Have a great night. Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. 
Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.